Don't let the noise bury the lead. I'm your host, Tom Frank. Join me on Into Focus as K-Global brings you one smart take on a major communication story from the week that was. We read between the lines so you don't have to and unpack the strategy or lack thereof behind the news. Take one, Mr. Chu goes to Washington. TikTok CEO Shou Zi Chu had his 15 minutes of DC fame this past Thursday. And the only thing that's clear is that he did his homework and most of the House committee did not. Chu became the latest in the line of tech leaders called to testify to Congress about a social media app. But unlike his American colleagues, Chu had to balance much more while fielding intense questionings from lawmakers on both sides of the aisle. With 150 million monthly users in the United States, TikTok's popularity among Americans has continued to grow, along with concern over its Chinese ownership, especially when there is evidence of misuse when it comes to Americans' data. Chu was caught between the proverbial rock and a hard place, or in this case, the U.S. and Chinese governments. Both governments were pushing Chu to say something intolerable to the other. But to the likely disappointment of both, Chu was determined to walk the thin line between the competing motivations. Though this was Chu's first appearance before U.S. lawmakers, anxiety and calls from some to ban the app had been brewing for a while. Congressional testimony was all but guaranteed for months, so Chu had plenty of time to prepare for his testimony. And it is clear to us that he put in the prep time and his team managed a campaign outside of the Rayburn building that went well beyond Chu's words. Joining me today is a former reporter and K-Global PR specialist, Jackie Hampton, along with Ian Cunningham, K-Global's resident tech guru and social media strategist. Jackie, I got to believe that Chu walked into the Raybird building with one goal, to keep calm and carry on without losing, losing his focus or cool. Did he succeed? I think he did, without a doubt. How would you have prepped Mr. Chu for his testimony, as well as anybody going in front of both Congress or media in general? I think if you have your messaging down and you know what you want to say and how you want to say it, you just keep saying it. Um, you know, these congressional hearings, the lawmakers just want to have their get on their soapbox and look like they're shaking their finger and, you know, slapping the social media person on the wrist. And so that was going to happen over and over and over again, regardless of what you say. So it did for five hours. It it went on and on and on. And he just kept sticking to his points. And that's exactly what you have to do. No matter what is asked, how it is asked, stick to your stick to your message or get to your message, regardless of what you say and keep calm, like you said. Yeah. So TikTok strategy I tend to think began long before Chu stepped foot in the congressional hearing room, right? Definitely, yeah. The the app masterfully leveraged top influencers to make the case for them, including flying top U.S. creators to D.C. to advocate against the ban, meet with congressional members, and share testimonies to their personal feeds. So, And then also, coincidentally, or maybe not so coincidentally, just in time for the hearing, the app also launched a new STEM-focused feed on the For You page, and Chu himself also took to the streets chatting with TikTok users about why they like what they like about the app. While these tactics didn't replace the power of a strong testimony from Chu, they helped make TikTok's case by disarming some of the politicians' criticism and highlighting its positive impact on many Americans. Ian, you got to admit, this overall strategy in terms of the prep for the testimony itself, plus the campaign involving the use of influencers, the STEM feed, and the conversations with users was downright brilliant. How do you how do you think that had an effect on the perception of the platform? 
Uh, I think it was a good move, uh, honestly, on their part to highlight um, some of the emergent media forms that are happening on the platform. Launching the STEM thing was really important, I think, well in advance because the part of the perception of TikTok is that it's just kids doing weird dancing and <laughs> like that's it. But if you spend any time on the platform, there's a lot of cooking channels. There's science people doing stuff. There's people trying to honestly use it as a platform for education. So as they you know, try to highlight that it is has positive effects for the American people. They're trying to like get away from that downside of it seeming like it's just a surveillance tool for the Chinese government. Do you think there's any validity that it is? It absolutely is a, a, a <laughs> surveillance tool for the Chinese government. Remember, one of the things about TikTok is that it doesn't have to compete in the same level as something like Meta with Facebook or Instagram or Google because Facebook you know, Meta, Google, these are profit-driven enterprises. TikTok does not need, because of its situation inside of the socioeconomic system of China, does not need to be profitable. It does not need to have constant growth uh, to return a quarterly profit to shareholders. It doesn't matter for them if they do not turn a profit. Their goal is audience acquisition only. Hmm. Do you think that's some of the reason why it's been so successful? Because we don't see ads like we do on Facebook or Instagram. I mean, we do see some ads, but not to the same level. It has it has a much more subtle ad system inside of it than some of the other things. Like you'll see paid promotion down at the bottom of something. It's What's it going to be like in a month or in a year? Right. I mean, Instagram was really cool when it came out. Yep. And, and Instagram it, is trying to be like TikTok now. Will yeah, but succeed? I just sound like look how Instagram has changed. Like it went from being the thing that everyone wanted. And then what was it? it was I don't know if it was reels or something came up. There was like, oh, I don't know about this. Or they changed how the the circle yeah. of the picture. Everybody kind of like you know lost their minds about it, yeah. and it evolved. Don't you think TikTok is going to evolve? I mean, that's or actually a really good question because part of the reason why um, Meta made the switch with Instagram was to compete for the market share against TikTok. But sort of going back to what I said earlier is TikTok doesn't need to compete for the profitability. Instagram being a unit of Meta always has to show growth. It's this unfortunate Silicon Valley mentality of we don't care what you do just as long as you grow. Yeah. I want to back up for one second and say something though. Please do not think that them putting out this STEM focused feed just happened to be good timing. No. Like it came out <laughs> yeah. for a reason. So that way when the, all the news stories said he testified on this, that they could say, and they rolled out this new thing. So do you think they purposely timed it just right? Just right. I mean, clearly they had to be working. Oh, they knew they the have testimony was coming up. It wasn't like they just called him yesterday. Yeah. Like, hey, man, you got plans tomorrow? Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree <laughs> because uh, TikTok, as an agent of, uh, possibly most likely an agent of the Chinese government, or at least tied with them closely, is being used as a uh, societal monitoring tool first. Advertising and profitability second. So what are they really getting out of it from a data perspective? They're getting the fact that I like sports and I like to see funny pictures of food. Any app running on your phone, uh, unless you enact like your privacy um, uh, settings on your phone, which are now becoming like default in a privacy mode, which is great. But they'll know where you are, how much you move, vibration data, like whatever, maybe even 
as uh, much as like the internet rumors like to say it exists and we're still not really sure, open mic all the time and they know what you're saying, even if your phone's across the room. That's a fear that it's supposed to, it's kind of hard to prove at times uh, that they're collecting certain types of data, but the idea that your phone conveys much more than just simply you like watching sports videos or cooking videos or funny dances. So uh, the point being, it's just an easy way to get on somebody's phone. Right. Now, one of the problems with going after TikTok is that they've also made some of like their, their backend code uh, accessible to other developers. So other developers can take some of this uh, data collection code and use it. And so now it's not just TikTok that has the abilities of TikTok to collect data. It's a lot of other things that we're probably not necessarily even aware of that they're using some back-end stuff that just might be available to them. But how much do people care? How much does it affect your daily life? Because take away people's phones and their daily lives are greatly impacted. Yeah, greatly impacted. But it's also, how much does a foreign government know about your life, affect your life? Like a foreign government could determine who gets a visa to a company, uh, country, uh, checking their data. So, I mean, maybe don't go vacation in that particular com country. I mean, that's one example. But there could be any number of other, you know, things that we just are unaware of yet. Right. Yeah. So I should cancel my vacation plans to China, is what you're saying. I mean, just never have said anything bad about the uh, uh, Communist Party. So, so where, do, where does this go from here, specifically with Congress and specifically with the CEO's interaction with Congress? I think we're in agreement, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. It, it, <laughs> Nothing. It, 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 not a lot is going to happen other than showing how sort of perennially um, members of Congress or most members of Congress are behind the tech ball. Oh my gosh! So uh, it's ball. it's every like, time. Let's not forget, a Supreme Court justice thought if you have more than one cell phone, you must be dealing drugs, right? Or the fake Instagram account. They didn't know that yeah. fin they thought Finsta was a whole new thing. Right. I mean, it is, and it's just these staffers that are coming up with these questions, yeah. and then you have these people in suits that are like reading it word for word. And you're like, they have no idea what they're doing, yeah. and until yeah, until they're in front of it, yeah. they're so nothing. You think yeah. this was a complete. Other than to be able to check the box and say that I we think this was a here. good show of control that TikTok has over its own environment. Well, yeah. look, the, yeah. flying the influencers in, yeah. being out on the street talking yeah. with people was genius because yeah. it shows to another like how different Congress is. Here they yeah. are in their suits in yeah. this dais, you know, yeah. asking these questions and raising their voices when everybody else is on the street making TikTok videos yeah. with their coolest influencers. Yeah. And then there's been any number of like stitch made videos between the either members of Congress reaction or Mr. Chu's reaction and then stitching it with somebody's reaction, which are usually I mean, the way TikTok is function is like you take a you take a base video and you make a reaction of it. And usually those are hilarious. And if you use humor to disarm somebody's serious intent, you win. I don't think anyone disabled their TikTok mm -hmm. app. Right. Because After watching that on on Capitol Hill. Well, what do you say then to those who do work for the government right now, who who are not who do do are not allowed to use TikTok on a government issued phone, computer, etc. I think there's I think there's probably some uh, tech side surveillance knowledge that units of the U.S. government probably do know what data is being like shared and that they're being quite cautious about it. But do you but, also think you know, it's not, that's not exclusive to TikTok, right? I mean, no, most of those no, no, you're not allowed TikTok, to have a Facebook, cell phone, Instagram, secure areas, things like that. Yeah. Um, uh, but the idea that removing a, an app that is owned and operated by a foreign government from a government owned, from, from a, our, a government owned phone, I, I think 
in many ways is a good idea. You're allowed to use it in your personal life. Go, fine, great, go do it. You know, but what function would the yeah with someone right. on, who works for the government need right. for, need it for? Yeah, and then I, I suppose a media branch of some government agency because the audience is there, they kind of have to be there. You know, you go where the audience is, or hopefully you can lead your audience to somewhere profitable. So there there might be a good use case scenario, but at the same time, government agency to government agency question and like, do you need it? And is it useful for you? Though though they could use TikTok as sort of the scapegoat. You know, they, since. They might not be able to do it for Instagram, Facebook, yeah. and every, or with Snapchat. Yeah. But they can say, everybody get the TikTok off because of this. Yeah. And they'll and then it'll look like they're doing something, mm-hmm. which is obviously a huge complaint people have about Congress that they're not doing anything. Yeah. So it, they could use this as their win. Uh, very much so. Yeah. So six can, months from now, where does this story land us? I think we're going to be still having a very similar conversation. Uh, I don't I don't know if uh, there's any plans to bring Mr. Chu back in front of Congress in the next few months. So I'd say six months from now, we'll probably be seeing more bans of TikTok on government devices in local authorities rolling out, but nothing federal. I would agree. I think if anything, maybe there'll be another social media hearing on the Hill that will have more people and maybe it'll be a different House you know, panel. Mm-hmm. But Again, they're so far behind the ball in this. Yeah. They just don't know enough about what's sort of happening. And they might not know some of like the tech stuff basically just because of national security. Like I said, there might be government agencies out there that do know what data is being transmitted and might not be able to legally share it with members of Congress. I don't know. Where does this go in the next couple of months? I'd say there's a lot of unknowns about how data is being collected, transmitted, and then ultimately used. I think there's a lot of it that's not being actively used because I think you gather a crap ton of data and sit on it until you know what to do with it and have the tools to break it down. Well, look, with 150 million people on it, they're collecting That's some things that you think we're going to know soon. That's a lot of data. And you'll be able to pull some very interesting points out of that, depending on what you're looking for. Here's what I think. Mm. I think Americans are zombies. And when it comes to, in, when it comes to TikTok, we're just continuously swiping to, to, for the find the cool, endless, fun video. But the habit's not going to be changed by Congress. The habit is going to be changed by the next shiny object. And everyone is going to be gone and they're going to leave TikTok the same way they're leaving Facebook when the next big thing comes and all the young people are somewhere else. Yeah. And if anything, maybe it slows down, you know, the, the number of people that are joining it until that new shiny thing comes. And one thing about like new shiny things on social media is it's usually the younger people, teenagers who pave the way into what's new and popular because they're trying to find a place to talk where their parents aren't. Yep. And that's why Instagram, that's why Facebook are having so much trouble. Yep. Is because now their audiences are older and uh, more, I would say, for lack of a better phrase, calcified. The kids want to go somewhere where their parents aren't. So at the end of the day, well done, TikTok. Please subscribe to Into Focus on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Give us your take on Instagram at kglobal.com. That's kglobal, D-O-T-C-O-M. And if you like the show, leave us a rating on Apple. Into Focus is brought to you by the good people at Kglobal. Unlike traditional marketing agencies that look at consulting, creative, and communications as distinct, Kglobal exists at the intersection of all three. The fusion of strategy and creative fuels unexpected solutions and better outcomes. The result is impact on your audience in a new market or over a policy. Learn more at kglobal.com. And until next week, I'm Tom Frank, and thanks for listening.